You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 230, we're discussing the status of the MCU, Green Lanterns in the Justice League, and more on the future of your theater experience. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. We are down a man yet again. The musical chairs of the Nerd Room continues as each one of us finds an excuse to not be on the episode together. No, guys, Troy is, he's out, he's working hard. And he's got to hit them weights. He's got to get that Troy bod going. But nonetheless, you he's are one here. one of those like, <laughs> nude models for sculpting that they have at university classes. So he, he's going to be, he's one of those models that they're going to be sculpting. So that's why he left us today, guys. Unfortunately, he, that's what he's doing. He thought he had better things to do with his time. And apparently it was, it was that. So Troy, I hope you enjoy. It's so funny because right before we started recording this episode, I said, Sanjay's got a Calgary Flames win, a beer in his hand and a weird corky smile on his face. And I'm worried what's going to come out of his mouth. And here we are less than two minutes in and boom, there it is. <laughs> guys. <laughs> welcome to the episode it's going to be chaos you've got myself carlos and sunjay at the mics this week to talk about the mcu we haven't talked about the mcu in weeks there's not a whole bunch of news but we want to update you guys on the status of the mcu and some interesting bits coming out of the disney space with regards to releasing on disney plus what this means for black widow and also what it could mean for the future of the MCU. And we've also got Ryan Reynolds poking the proverbial bear, talking about Justice League, talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, I should say, and maybe the Green Lantern appearing there. It looks to be all just a bit of a you know rub back and forth, but at the end of the day, it looks a bit fun. And also, we got Sanjay. He's going to give us another huge rant on the future of our theater experiences, picking up on the conversation you guys had last week and what this means is disney plus this mulan thing what it could mean for your future theater experience beyond even just this amc and universal deal it looks like we're gonna be watching a lot of films in our basement in the not too distant future so we're going to touch on that again and of course we're also going to talk about our weeks in nerd guys but first right off the top here before we get into anything we got to give you some updates from within the nerd room you know Get Vocal has been something that we've been going to time and time again. We've been having a blast with it. We took last week off. Everyone was exhausted. Everyone was dead. I was out of town. But we're going to be back live streaming this week over on Get Vocal. We're going to be doing some toy talk, something that we love to talk about toys and we're going to be looking at the revival of the 80s and 90s toys that we've recently seen over the last couple of years talking turtles, transformers, ghostbusters, whatever, GI Joe Whatever you guys want to talk about, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be looking at some of this NECA stuff, of course. We're looking at some of those Joe releases from Hasbro and just having some fun talking some toys. If you do miss out on that Friday episode, though, you can go back and check it out on the Get Vocal archives, too. And while we're talking about Get Vocal, guys, we just recently got word that we are accepted as part of Force Fest, August 28th through 30th, taking the place of celebration. We will be presenting a panel a collector's panel over on Get Vocal. So it's going to be a ton of fun. More details to follow. Hit the Twitter feed to find out when and where we are going to be giving that panel. 
but it's great. This is an awesome cause being brought together by fans, by podcasters to give us a little something in the absence of celebration with regards to Star Wars, celebrating Star Wars, even in the absence of celebration itself. So that's Force Fest, August 28th to 30th. Give them a follow at Force Fest Saga on Twitter for all the details, all the panels that are coming. And again, that is over on Get Vocal. So Get Vocal, gaining some momentum in the podcast space. And guys, of course, you know we are there already. We are presenting live streams almost weekly and we're going to be tweaking that just a little bit here in the not too distant future but live streams and podcasting is really picking up over there and the nerd room we're at the forefront of it guys and so i'm loving that so just a few updates off the top there to let you know what's going on in the nerd room over the next couple of weeks beyond of course our weekly thursday episodes where we are talking stars marvel dc and you notice at the top beyond we've added a little something different that took me three or four tries to get out this week we're adding that beyond because we we've increased our scope here in the you know recent last fifty episodes or so. We're talking a lot of turtles, Ghostbusters, retro figures, these type of things. So we let you guys know and people that are coming, then people new to the podcast that it is a little bit more than Marvel, Star Wars, and DC. Of course, those are always going to be our main focuses, but we like to bring that scope in, widen it a little bit. And include some of those franchises that we know and love and we talk about every single week. And you're going to get more of that this week, of course, in our Weeks in Nerd. Something that we do at the top of every single episode. And we're going to jump into that right now. So, guys, gentlemen, welcome to This Week in Nerd. I'm so stoked because it was me that was gone last week. It's Troy that's gone this week. But I can't wait to hear what you guys got up to. Carlos, the goddamn Batman. Falcon to my Captain America, and now the Iron Man of the Nerd Room. The man <laughs> consistently appearing here. Sanjay dips, Troy dips, I dip. But Carlos is here every single week and now holds that title for our, the Nerd Room Iron Man. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, like the old commercials say, courage sometimes, justice always, Batman forever. So uh, <laughs> I, I had to lock it down. Easy. Beauty. Had to lock it down, but uh, yeah, I know it was an honor to uh, hold the shield for you for a while. But happy to have you back. Let me yeah. say. Well, it's I got I got to watch my back here, man. I thought it was handing the shield. Maybe he's taking it. Who knows? We'll see. Ooh, I got to go in the middle here, guys. I got to stop this fight. Like we're a team. Come on, guys. No, there's there's, there's no fight. No <laughs> controversy. It's, it's, there, it's no, just like don't in stir those the books. pot. Oh, what did you say, yeah. Carlos? So that's not what you said in the DMs. And Tim. Oh yeah, Tim. Tim was really ragging on you, Carlos, before this episode. You know, he's like, who the hell does he think he is? He comes in here. He takes my hosting duties. He's calling me out in the intro. I'm just sitting back <laughs> here like, guys, don't fight. Like, just just don't fight. It's not worth I, it. I don't know, Sonny. With, uh, with the beer in your hand and your Burberry pants, I, I, can't, uh, <laughs> I can't take you seriously, man. No? Neither <laughs> can I. <laughs> pants are very cozy. I'll have you know. They do look very, very cozy. It's only 40 degrees in Calgary. This guy's got Burberry pants on. My basement's freezing. <laughs> My basement's always cold. Like, it's 40 degrees, and I have, like, a hoodie and a heater going, so. Oh, that's not a bad problem to have right now. No, <laughs> yeah. All right, Carlos, man. What you get up to, man? What were you doing this week? This week in nerd, you know what? I'm going to throw it down by throwing some love to our boy, Troy the boy. He's not here in person, but he's here in spirit because uh, I had a pretty special moment with uh, Troy the boy. We did a bit of Secret Santa gift exchanging on Saturday. So I dropped some treats off at his house and he had a box of good He's sitting on his doorstep for me. So uh, in there were a couple DC Direct uh, Superman figures. So a new 52 Superman and a 
classic Christopher Reeves looking Superman. So that made my oldest daughter really happy. And then Wonder Woman rocking that Jim Lee designed original New 52 uh, look with the full pants, which was awesome because we don't actually have anything of her with kind of the bustier in the pants in our house. So that was cool. And then my man hooked me up. He bought me uh, the Hush Nightwing figure to go with the, or not McFarlane, but the DC Directs like Arkham Wave that I had collected because I love those figures. But like the Nightwing design from that game was just always kind of weird. So my boy felt that he had to make sure that his boy Dick Grayson was represented well in that collection. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was just such a sweet box of treats, even like a X-Men DVD in there and everything else. And uh yeah, that was a, a cool little surprise on Saturday afternoon. And then uh, the rest of the weekend, boys, like, we'll probably get into it on Friday. But I fired up that Netflix Transformers show. So War for Cybertron and Chapter 1, which is kind of six half an hour episodes, is called Siege. And I didn't know what to expect. Like, I saw the the trailers for it. And I really liked the design because it really channels the G1 Transformers mm-hmm. that I grew up with. And... Man, like I am not one to binge stuff, but I blasted through this thing over like <laughs> like maybe a night and a half kind of thing because it was awesome. Like it was way darker than any Transformer stuff I've experienced before, but like just took the lore really serious and lots of deep dives and the animation is just stunning and they they took things in places that you, I've never seen before where the Decepticons are almost sympathetic and um, Megatron has more than just kind of one note motivations to him and they hint at like a deeper lore between the Autobots and the Decepticons and maybe the Autobots weren't always the good guys in their society. So yeah, definitely gets to recommend. It's like, like I said, six half an hour episodes. Honestly, if you sit down, it's kind of like watching one big long movie, mm-hmm. but uh I cannot wait for the follow-up to this. It uh, may have inspired a bit of poking around on eBay and other sorts of corners for me. Kind of love that, man. (laughs) That that revival of of everything that it was 80s, 90s type stuff that's happening right now. They're doing it well, which is awesome. I know. That leader class jet fire. Like, he's uh, he's in my (laughs) mind's eye and I can't get him out. But, uh, you know, honestly, the highlight of my week in Nerd, it was a magic moment, but... uh, Thanks to our boy Sonny planting that seed, I ended up going to the theater and watching Batman 89. Oh. And uh, yeah, it was funny because Sanjay sent that in the DM and my wife happened to be walking down and I said, hey, Batman 89 is playing in theater. Do you want to go? And she very dutifully said, OK, but you could tell that she wasn't all <laughs> super comfortable with it. And I was like, well, I know you listened to the episode and if Troy's testimonial didn't sell you on it, then <laughs> that's fair. That's cool. So uh, I called up my best buddy and he was down for a hangout and he wanted to go and uh, it was kind of neat. Like I didn't see that movie for the first time together, but certainly kind of the summer after that movie was when we met in school and we became close friends over Batman. And uh, we certainly saw Batman 89 and Back to the Future 2 a nauseating amount of times in the theater. (laughs) And we'd always go to the theater in Market Mall. So this time we went to the brand new standalone landmark cinema but at market mall as well and it was amazing like i uh i didn't know what to expect and like there was a neat crowd in there there was people that you could tell that were going for nostalgia reasons there was a couple people that were wanting to experience it in the theater for the first time and it was interesting like my buddy he he's really good about not 
pulling out the phone or doing anything like that. But because it's such an old movie that everybody's seen a million times, like he checked out a few times and dipped out into the hallway. But I was all in. It was like I was watching this movie for the first time. Like it was in a way higher resolution than I have at home. And I was noticing details that I've never seen before. And just the presentation and the scope of the thing, like... I fell in love with Batman 89 all over again, like to the point that I would go see that movie again in the theater because it was just so wicked. That's very, very cool to hear that that, Mm -hmm. that you're having that experience, especially for the goddamn Batman. You know, you know, this movie inside and out. And for you to be having that experience again, that that's that's a huge praise for for what they're doing right now. Yeah, it, it just felt so fresh and so new and like. Yeah, just seeing things just a little bit different, right? And uh, yeah, it was it was cool. And once again, props to Landmark. It was a very safe, antiseptic type of environment. And I don't think they could have done anything more to ensure kind of guest safety and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm definitely open to to going again kind of thing. So Interesting. Yeah. That, I'm still not there yet, but nonetheless, I don't know what would drag me to the theater but something like 89 <laughs> makes sense for you, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And, you know, it goes to say something when the Nolan trilogy was out. Uh, it didn't do it, but Ooh. that Batman 89, it was uh, real. I, I had to laugh. Yeah, I had to laugh because I, I went to the bathroom and I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I had a Michael Jackson T-shirt on. And then my mask had like the 89 logo on the nose of it. And right. I was like, Man. <laughs> I might as well be the same little kid I was like all those years ago. Oh, that's, well, that's it, man. That's the nostalgia end of it. And that's what I love about all this stuff, right? Is that it's, it's gotten to a point where we're reliving all of this stuff via figure collecting, via theaters being released or whatever. And I think it's so cool that we can live this like nostalgia, not a pathetic nostalgia, but just like a fun an incredible piece of it over and over again through all the stuff that's being put out there by people our age that are running these companies, <laughs> which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. It, it was cool, man. I uh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. So, yeah, if there's uh, if there's a movie that does the same thing for you that Batman eighty nine does for me, like listeners out there, if you got a safe spot to go do it, I I have to endorse it. I didn't think that I would get as much out of that experience as I did, and yeah, it was best five bucks i spent in a long time very cool heck of a deal man good on you man that's awesome i love i love hearing (laughs) stuff like that um but what about you sanjay man what did you get up to you know carlos had had quite the week not only in collecting but also in movie viewing which is kind of your Mm -hmm. wheelhouse what did what did you get up to man what what are you doing carlos like stay in your lane (laughs) bud no i'm gonna talk about like getting batman stuff now like what did I get? Yeah, I got like a Batman 89 bat suit. It's just behind me right now. A screen used Batarang from Batman Returns. I'm just kidding. No, insert Superman um, rant right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I recognize the irony of like last week, I, or was it two weeks ago, where I picked up all the Batman movies and I've been going on rants about Superman <laughs> movies. But uh, staying in the DC zone, I. Uh, I finished watching uh, the Emmy-nominated and very Emmy-nominated Watchmen TV series. Oh, yes. I gotta say, that thing was fantastic. It's very good. I came into it when it was announced. I was super excited, but I didn't have HBO at the time, so I had to, like, sit and stew until it came out on uh, home video. And, you know, I watched, like, the first, like, three or four episodes, and then I was doing, like, this, like, DC rewatch where I was rewatching all the DC films. So, like, the last half of the season... 
kind of got delayed, you know, a little bit too, because like it was so good, but I wanted it to last, right? Like I didn't want to just like binge and it be over in two days. I kind of wanted to like soak in the experience. So I kind of like put it off and then I was finally like, got to finish watching this. It is, it was fantastic. Like I cannot recommend the show enough. It was so good. It's only nine episodes and it's very, is it nine? I think it's nine. Um, very watchable. It, it's got like what 24 Emmy nominations. Highly recommend it. If you ever get a chance, check this thing out. I loved it. Um, high, high, high recommend for me. Um, in terms of like other movies that I picked up or that I watched, um, Carlos, you had said when we did like the movie back and forth review, um, Siskel and Ebert style there, uh, you had recommended Total Recall, the uh, remake. And yeah. I'm a big fan of the original with Arnold. And I have the remake with um, Colin Farrell, Mr. Penguin himself, and Kate Beckinsale, Mrs. Catwoman herself. No. <laughs> I try to think of like a DC character quickly for her to be. Um, and um, um, Jessica Biel. And gave it a watch. I got to say, it was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was one of those like early aughts or like 2010s movies that like people kind of shit on because like they're like oh another remake but they did that before they even watched it and this was like completely different from arnold schwarzenegger's total recall like this could have been another movie well it was another movie but like this could have been like total recall 2 or something you know what i mean like it wasn't a, a shot for shot remake this was like its own thing that stands on its own two feet and i re- i recommend it it's definitely worth a watch um i thought i thought it was great and um there was another movie that I saw, and I'm trying to remember it. I, I watched so many movies, and I was just like, I like looked it up before I like came on, and I was like, what was it? Oh yeah, and the, and the other movie I watched was uh, Sicario: Day of the Dead. Oh, no, yeah. if if you know me, I'm like a huge Denis Villeneuve fan. He's done like Arrival, he's doing Dune, he did Blade Runner 2049. It, he's like the one guy that me and Troy like agree on is awesome. <laughs> he's like brought us together, and um, so he did the first Sicario. And then they did a they did a sequel, and I was kind of like hesitant because I'm like, you had this like amazing you know director who's like probably top three working in Hollywood right now, and so you you do a sequel to his movie, and I was like I don't know like will this be any good? And I I picked it up many moons ago. I just finally got around to watching it, and that one was also really good. Like it's not as good as the first one, and there's like one scene at the end. I don't want to spoil anything that I kind of was like little bit confused with but honestly the way they set up this world of sicario i thought it was fantastic like big fan of that franchise and i really hope there's a sicario 3 because i love that one like the second one was really good the first one was amazing but the second one you know it's again it's its own thing and i'm slowly starting to learn to like let go and just like watch a movie for the movie and not like compare it to something else you know what i mean it's so easy to like crap on something before it even comes out and and, you know i'm slowly like slowly like accepting that new stuff can come out and um i'm enjoying it so those are kind of like my three watches for this week um did i did i pick up anything no but i did pick up uh, i was telling carlos before um before this show uh, i went to the bookstore and they have the wonder woman 84 like kids books out now and i was just like so tempted to like read there's like a junior novelization which is like the whole thing and then there's like like little like miniature stories 
And it's so, like, hard not to just, like, pick it up and read through it, right? Because I just want to know, like, what goes on in this film. And it's just sitting right there. And I could just pick it up and read it. But but I well, held that's already off. all out on shelves? Like, the story? The oh, plot yeah. line? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, the whole plot line. But there's, like, a junior novelization, which I think, like, reveals a ton of um, storylines. So I've been, like, very diligent staying away from spoilers for this film. Because I really want to go into this one, like... I'm like torn, right? Like I really want to go into this blank slate like I did with Wonder Woman. Um, but I really kind of want to know like what the heck happens in this film. Cause like it should have already came out twice by now. So I'm a little bit getting like itchy and I'm like, October is only like two months away. So I guess I can wait, but will it actually come out in October? I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see that. I mean, that's a discussion that'll lead into another one of our other topics. But uh, so that was my, week and nerd um why don't we why don't we bring it up to the host now tim timbo timbo slice um you you've been away so you have weeks and nerd to catch up us on regale us with your stories of your hunts you know like just tell us like pretend this is like back in the day and and we're like um we're like ancient man and you're going to tell us about your hunts like you went out into the wild and you hunted the wild woolly mammoth Tell us about that. Well, if, if cavemen and, and men of old hunted the woolly mammoth from their caves behind a computer, then yes, I'm going to tell you that exact story <laughs> right now. <laughs> because this week it's, it's, well, I was away last week on vacation, so I didn't do a whole bunch of hunting because we were kind of tucked away in the bush. But nonetheless, my pre-orders started coming in fast and furious. We talked uh, about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, but the amount of Black Series and NECA pre-orders that... I was making, Troy was making most of them, and a lot of our friends with Tumbling Saber and that were all making these pre-orders. That Beskar Mando is coming in soon, Carlos, within the next week or so. So that's going to be oh, your sweet. first Star Wars fig. That should ship here soon. But now I'm getting all these credit card charges for stuff I ordered, you know, mid-lockdown. So <laughs> I've gotten about like 300 bucks worth of pre-order charges put through on the credit card in the last week or so. Everything from the Dagobah Luke to the Haunted Carbonite that I got today. So the ESB 40th anniversary vintage cardback 6-inch Haunted Carbonite arrived and luckily uh, it arrived in good shape. I've seen a lot of people posting online that it's arrived to them dented and beat up, but my cardback is, is sweet. It's good to go. I've got my Luke Dagobah. EB Games has charged me. I don't know where it is. But it's coming somewhere. I've got my vintage, who was it, Forlom and Zuckus, the ESB 40th version of those, the Amazon exclusive, is on its way as well. And so I've had a whole ton of Star Wars stuff arrive in the last little bit. But to be honest with you guys, those pre-orders were so long ago and so much has happened in my brain since then. It's been all about the NECA for me, the turtle stuff. So the day I'm leaving to go out on (laughs) our vacation, I'm panicking because my Raph and Casey, the two-pack that I ordered from the NECA store, was meant to show up that day. And I'm thinking, like, crap, if, if it shows up and someone swipes it off my porch, you know, I'm sure NECA would be great about it and say, sorry, here's a refund. I don't want my money back. I want the two-pack. And lo and behold, <laughs> I'm loading up the RV, and I go around back, I come back, and there's a package on my step. Like, like probably like an hour before I'm meant to leave open it up and oh, the figure gods are smiling oh, on you man, man yeah. <laughs> i was so so nervous. i had like primed my neighbor to come coming over every like three hours <laughs> to try i was so worried because i had my hyper real vader swiped off my front porch 
maybe mm-hmm. six, eight months ago. And we actually had a package swipe when we were gone too. My, my wife, it was nothing big, but we still got an Amazon package swiped. But luckily enough, I got this uh, this Ninja Turtle 2-pack, Casey Jones and Raph, the NECA 7-inch figures. I'm going to open it live on Get Vocal this Friday as we're talking TMNT and all that. But I have to you say, tease. this thing is gorgeous. I am in love with this NECA stuff. Like, it is by far my major focus of the summer. And that being said, too, the Toko and Razor, the two-pack went up on NECA store. I pulled the trigger on it today. It also went through on the yeah, credit card man. today. <laughs> so, nice. woo, I got to hide that from the wife. But it was they were more expensive <laughs> figures. They, I have to say, they are about... 45 bucks canadian each and the two pack it was just over 100 bucks for both these figures but they're big huge hefty figures too right these are proper Mm -hmm. deluxe figures and we've been praising NECA for weeks now because of how they they're changing the game they're evolving and with this token razor they said okay we're not going to do the time drop on wherever target or walmart or even on the NECA shop they did a window where you can order and they're basically doing made to order for token razor which is awesome, right? They've solved this bot problem by just having this open window and making the availability somewhat limited, about a week long. So everyone has a chance to get it, but once they're gone, they're gone. And so I love what they're doing here. They fix that problem with this limited release where you're having these bots scoop everything before it even drops online. So it's online for two seconds and it's sold out. And so it was, it was really cool to see them do that. And I know I had said guys that I was going to pull the trigger on that mutagen turtle set, that four pack from STCC had it in the cart, but it was going to be 250 bucks for those figures Canadian and four awesome looking figures. I didn't have the opportunity as an international purchaser to separate out because there's like a pack that went with it, a t-shirt and all this like merch, like the card, the backstage patches and all this stuff. And it didn't give me the opportunity to separate out those two things. I couldn't just buy the figures. So I said to myself, look, there's a lot of stuff coming. I don't have a huge amount of nostalgic tie to that particular thing. So I'm going to opt out for now in lieu of some of these other figures that are dropping. The Super Shredder is coming out soon. There's a lot of other things. I want to go do some retro collecting. So I decided to say I'm going to pause there. As much as I love this NECA stuff that's coming out, had to make a decision just based purely on cost, but it is what it is at this point, right guys, you have to sometimes with your collecting, especially as you're expanding at the rate that I am because of our, our good friends over here, Troy, Carlos and Sanjay, you know, expanding my horizon <laughs> so much. I, I had to make that decision. So unfortunate, but nonetheless, it, uh, it is something that I've seen online, a lot of, a lot of cool reviews and all that. But uh, I did pass up on it. So, um, yeah, it was. I was a bit disappointed, but at the end of the day, it's okay. I think I can uh, find other things to, to, to scratch that itch for me. <laughs> well, it goes both ways, though, because you've been so deep on the NECA stuff. I actually tried for that City Hunter Predator. Oh, did you get and it? No. Oh. No. That one, I think, went the first out of all that stuff they it did yeah that day. it wasn't when i was online getting the i had it in my car and actually the international selling of the mutagen stuff sat for quite a while like for hours before it finally sold out yeah. and that predator stuff was long gone yeah no i was I, and i was pretty on the ball too like i kind of got off a work call and i was on there right away and yeah 
yeah, I was thwarted, but alas. Yeah, what can you makes do? Makes my wife happy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably made my wife happy too, not getting that mutagen thing, given all the pre-orders that are being sucked through the credit card at this point. It's getting a little hot. I was walking through the other day holding on to it, being like, it's so hot, it's so hot, the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, that's cool. I, that token razor is not a bad price because those they're characters huge. were like almost twice the size of the turtles on in the movie weren't they yeah they're huge figures like the box is going to be probably twice the size of the one with this raft and casey in it like they're big big figures yeah that's a lot of plastic for 45 so yeah it's, not bad. it's pretty good and that includes shipping too so um 17 18 bucks to ship which is you know i can i'm happy to to swallow that given what we're getting in return i know they're going to be epic figures because of the quality that neck has been putting out so um and then one thing this whole this whole new path that i'm on here has led me down to is that i was talking to my dad over the weekend and and him and i you know talk toys and talk collecting and stuff like that back and forth and i kind of invited him and i said look let's do some retro toy collecting together let's let's get into the game and let's get try to rebuild the turtle collection and the ghostbusters collection that i had as a kid so he's really into this really excited about it so much so that he went bin digging at home my parents live quite quite a distance from me like like a huge plane ride away from from where I live, so I don't see them that often, but we text and FaceTime and all that a lot. But he goes and pulls out all a bunch of old bins. I had gone through most of them, but he found a bunch of Ghostbuster stuff, a few turtle stuff, including like Space Raff, and then I think the Donnie with the trench coat on. And but he found <laughs> the big thing that he found was all my old Batman figures from Returns and Forever. And he had yeah. sent me, he had set, set them all up and he took a big picture of them and was sending me pictures of all the stuff. And I threw in the DM, the Batman stuff. There's some pretty wild stuff that I have there that I'd completely forgot about. Like the Riddler figure I had from forever, all the returns villains, uh, I've like the yeah. gold Batman and a few other Batman, like the, like, I guess the underwater Batman that has a thing that pops up in front of his face. Like there's some oh, really cool, cool stuff there. So I'm getting him to package a lot of it up and send it out here so I can have a good look through it. But, yeah, uh, man, that was a cool set. And like I said in the yeah. DM, like the thing that made me laugh the most is that you had all the villains that they made for those movies, except Tommy Lee Jones Two Face. But you had <laughs> yeah. like the animated series Two Face, and that's the only that animated the, series only figure an- I had. Oh, I, <laughs> I know, which makes perfection. it hilarious because it's like even young Tim was like, "This is horrible." Yeah, I'm just version Two-Face. of Two Face. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I love that Two Face. I'm looking forward to getting them there, getting them here actually, so I can kind of piece out what i want and then we'll see what happens to the rest but nonetheless it it's so it's so cool so big shout out to my dad for jumping on board and doing the bin diving at home and and doing the research he's asking for websites so sending websites on like so he's getting into it all again so it's something that him and i are going to do together which I, I really love and it's kind of something we can bond over we're both collectors of very different collecting spaces but nonetheless we're going to join forces here and get into some retro toy collecting which I'm excited about. That's Something cool, to man. do over, That's you know. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm yeah. super, super excited about it. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty much the toy end of my weekend nerd. And just quickly on on the comic books, man. Strange Adventures number three, finally read it. Oh man, this I loving what they're doing here. I know I say it every time, <laughs> man, but like this has this like really cool like modern day Comey FBI investigation type thing going on with the Justice League and and Adam Strange. It's it's every issue. I start off being like, did I miss something? And by the end, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> That's the one that ends with, like at the pool side at the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. And yeah, new issue this week too, man. So. Yeah. Super pumped. 
it's uh it's it's crazy and then i read turtles uh, 101 i caught up on all the cap stuff and i had this like revelation at the end of two weeks ago the end of the podcast and i said to the guys i said i've been having so much fun with comic books and i couldn't really put my finger on what it was that reinvigorated my love for comic book reading and it finally struck me that it was when i opened up my pull list to things that are other than marvel i always love marvel always be a marvel guy but when i opened it up and started reading different things, consuming different writers, different stories, things that I weren't familiar with, or even in some cases tired of reading. I opened it up to things like Strange Adventures, the Turtle stuff. Uh, what else have I been reading? Like Philadelphia, all kinds of new different books from Image, DC and all this. And once I did that, I found the passion again. And so I just wanted to give people a heads up. Like if you're finding yourself slogging through your pull list, it's okay to make a change. It's okay to open up to new and different things. And that's why I'm so adamant about throwing these recommendations out there once in a while, because I want people to have that, that same enlightenment that I had with comic books over the last month where I'm reading all my Marvel stuff again, but I'm also reading this stuff on the side that gives me a break from that universe and allows me to consume from a different perspective, you know, when it comes to writing characters, all that. And I'm absolutely loving it. And having that epiphany that a couple of weeks ago was just like, whoa, that is it. It was when I opened my pull list and started to consume different things that I started enjoying reading comic books again. So just if you guys, if you're, if you're having troubles there, open it up. Try something new. Try something different. There's always recommendations flying around the Twitter gang too. From likes of Grabs, Carl's, everyone. So make sure to, to get into your comic books, guys, because they are straight fire as of late. I'm, every, every company is doing something that is top tier right now. And so, yeah, get into your books, man. Yeah, and it's amazing how different the flow is, company to company, and just the editing style and the feel of the characters in the universe. That yeah, you will find something you like, and then something else you like from somebody else. Like yeah. it's uh, it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, I can't endorse that approach enough. Open yeah. up your perspectives and read away. Exactly, and like I think, at least from my perspective. Anything that you jump in the new, you know, from the image space, usually you don't need, it's a low barrier for entry because it's usually all new stories. But even DC and Marvel, I think the way they're constructing a comic books, like the stories and the narratives, some of it takes some time to get into. But the characters, don't be afraid if you've never read a character. Because I think the movies give you enough of a foundation to understand the basics of the character. And everyone's seen one woman, everyone's seen the MCU movies, everyone's seen Justice League and all this, right? So you have enough of an idea of who these characters are and the comic books just expand and not so much build on it because the movies build on comic books. But if you have never read a cat book, don't be afraid about getting into cap or getting into Batman or whatever, because there's 75 years of, of lore and comic books there. It doesn't mean that you have to start at number one, right? There's great jumping on points and you're familiar with the character a lot of the writers do a really good job at building that idea ground up from each new arc almost where it's consumable and it's something that's kind of a relatively low barrier for entry. I think you'll have to always go back to understand some of the finer details, but nonetheless, like I think you could jump headfirst into most comic books these days without feeling like you've been dropped into the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim. Totally. Well, and in this day and age, like if there's something that's really got you boggled it's always just a button click away yeah. to fill in those caps right yeah. so someone's asked the same question right down to what order do i read these books in like you just type it in and it's yeah. there for you it's awesome yeah exactly some great resources out there but nonetheless guys let's jump into some of the news for this week and we're gonna kick it off with ryan reynolds 
Green Lantern, Deadpool, Hawkman, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, he's had some fun on Twitter this past week. And guys, we're not going to belabor this point because I think it's all in jest and all in fun. But he has been poking the proverbial bear, like I said at the top there, inside DC fandom, particularly this week. Him and The Rock having a bit of fun banter on Twitter. Because I guess there's a rumor that he was playing Hawkman. And he said, and outright said that he's not playing Hawkman in Black Adam. But he did, however, say that he'd love to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And he heard that he was in it. And <laughs> then he went on to release a Ryan Reynolds cut of Green Lantern, which was about a minute cut of the film, <laughs> which included one of Deadpool 2's, I believe it was Stingers, where he opens up the Green Lantern and he gets shot in the, or the script and gets shot in the back of the head by right. Deadpool. <laughs> so The Rock did reply saying he is playing Hawkman because, you know, Ryan Reynolds said he'd do anything that The Rock asked, but he also said that he is Deadpool, he is Green Lantern, and he is also Kevin Hart's father. So, <laughs> a lot of fun online here this week with these two guys. But guys, do you think there's anything to take away from this, Sunday? Do you think this is all just for fun? Is this Ryan Reynolds poking at Disney? Is this them leading into the idea that maybe there's a Green Lantern, not Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, but a Green Lantern in the Snyder cut in some form of a stinger. Is there anything to read um, into here, guys? I don't think so. To be honest with you, I think he's just having fun. It's kind of like his jabs at Hugh Jackman before Deadpool two came out. And before, like after Logan came out, I honestly think it's just like we haven't got any movement on Deadpool. And I think he, he just wants to subtly remind Disney that, Hey, you know, there's other, there's other fish in the sea here. So if you're not going to like get on board with Deadpool, um, Maybe maybe I will come back to do Green Lantern. I mean, say what you will about the movie. I think given another chance, he could be a great Green Lantern. Um, look at uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. He was Deadpool in that. and <laughs> Deadpool in name only, I guess. Um, and, then, and then he got a second chance and he knocked it out of the park. And uh, given the second chance of Green Lantern and a better script and maybe some better CGI, um, a better suit, um, I think he would no doubt knock it out of the park as Hal Jordan. So I would like to see him return. Absolutely. Do I think he will? I'm, I'm going to say no. But maybe like a 1% chance if Disney Dragon gains traction. You never know, right? Like this is a day where fans dictate so much now based on like what they want to see. And uh, if, if this thing like gains traction and gets like a million retweets in like 24 hours, yeah, maybe. But I think he's just having fun here. Well, the thing that I kind of like about it is you're right. There's the redemption arc for Deadpool, the same guy playing the same character in two different film franchises and also making offbeat references to said <laughs> character in action yeah. figure form and all that, which is great. And that's very suitable for the Deadpool universe. But is there a redemption arc here, Carlos, for Ryan Reynolds as a Green Lantern or the Green Lanterns in general? with regards to Zack Snyder, with regards to even Ryan Reynolds. Can he have a cameo, a silly cameo in this movie? Just to really, like, look, DC has dragged all of their universes here into this multiverse, right? They're acknowledging and tipping the hat, the good, the bad, the ugly. Everything is being acknowledged as being part of this gross, this big, huge multiverse of filmmaking. Down to the point where we're getting, like, the Batman, the goddamn Keaton Batman inserted into a a part of the universe right and does this 
is this the, the start of a campaign for Reynolds to appear in some fashion in a Black Adam movie? Like, I have a hard time seeing The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, not utilizing this type of promo. He, everything he does has a purpose to it. And whether this response is just him playing, I I, I don't want to believe this because I do think it is just in jest. But there's some part of me that's thinking like, maybe there's something a little more to this. You know, got DC fandom coming up here <laughs> just a couple weeks. Yeah. Stirring the pot here. I don't know. I don't want to buy into the hype. I don't want to buy into like both these guys are quite comedic in nature and fast and loose with some of the stuff they say just for a good laugh. But what are your thoughts on this, man? Am I am I buying into the hype a little too much here? No, I don't. Like, I think Sonny put it perfectly. Like, I agree with all of his points. Um, if they do bring in Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, I I hope it's for the purpose of exiting that Green Lantern mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe just like it, you have a movie already where you can just say, yeah, that's the origin movie where we explained the Guardians, we explained how the rings work, we explained mm-hmm. where the uh, where the essence of fear comes from. And if they simply use him to just launch pad John Stewart as Green Lantern for Sector 2814 and <laughs> and then bring back Mark Strong as Sinestro. Oh, he was good, yeah. I'll be perfectly happy. And then it's just like, you don't have to redo the Green Lantern origin thing or anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, if you're really curious, just go watch this old movie from 2010 or whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, I think ultimately he's just having some fun. I, I think Sonny might be on the ball because he also had that other video just a little while ago where he's like commemorated the the leak that yeah. saw Deadpool um, get uh, brought to existence. So maybe it is a bit of brinksmanship with Disney and kind of saying like, you know, get this moving. And like, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds was a sexy man, but he, 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 I don't know how long he can like squeeze into that suit for, right? So that's, that's <laughs> hey, a lot Hack- of sit-ups. Once you start Jackman did it there, well so. into his 40s. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's an interesting concept, the whole idea of it. And this to me is the month of DC, right? August 2020 is the month of DC. They have a lot of stuff to build. They've got James Gunn out there waving that flag very heavily with regards to what's happening with Suicide Squad, what he's going to reveal here. Just feels oddly timed to me, all of this. Yeah. So, well, it's not nothing's by mistake with these guys. I don't think so. And Ryan Reynolds has been known to do stuff like this, right? Like you're like you mentioned, yeah. the Deadpool thing was all him and Tim Miller, right? Like they made that happen. They forced that into existence, <laughs> and it became a billion dollar franchise. <laughs> so, like, it's crazy that it took that much work and effort on their part to to get them to commit to something, and then look what they got out of it, right? And I hope that Disney doesn't sit on it. Like, I think there's a lot of fun they can have with that, even inside of a fake MCU or making off essence to, well, I'm not really in this universe. But, like, it's it's really cool to see them continuing to, to build off the momentum of things like the work that you can put into, th- like, Deadpool or whatever and, and getting a fan base behind it, getting people excited, and getting guys like Dwayne Johnson on board for even this banter is huge, right? Like, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. And who knows? Maybe he's not even Green Lantern. Maybe he's going to be some GSA guy. It could yeah. is it is it right on the nose when <laughs> Dwayne Johnson says you are playing Hawkman because I told you so because this is my movie and I now own the XFL too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's yeah, awesome that Rock like Dwayne Johnson or The Rock is like really embracing his DC 100%. like love for DC, right? Like DC has been missing that champion that's kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. or the Chris Evans, where they go out and they're just like, you know, this is Marvel. Like I love this, I love this, and you always identify them. DC, you know, Dwayne Johnson coming out and saying like, this is DC. I love this. You know, I'm gonna kick Superman's ass. I'd love to see that, man, and I can't wait to see what he brings to fandom because you know he's gonna bring something. He's the people's champion. He is. He is. Yeah. Like, you're very much right, Sanjay, yeah. that like having someone like Dwayne Johnson in this role, like he's he's that's one piece of his resume that he's missing, right? Is the superhero gig, mm-hmm. and he's got it now. Like he's he's nailed down the action superstar. Like he's there. He's at the pinnacle. He now owns a whole sports league. <laughs> he's he's got yeah. a lot of stuff going on, but he does not have the feather in his cap for donning a set of tights and being a superhero and beating the crap out of superman so i'm looking forward to this you know i i I believe this is just fun but at the end of the day sometimes there's no coincidences in superhero (laughs) well i think it's hilarious it's like the movie hasn't even come out yet and like nobody knew who black adam was Mm -hmm. and now he's in the public consciousness and you haven't even seen an actual picture of Dwayne Johnson in the suit. Nope. But that's just this guy's hype machine. That's he's a so. beast. Oh, yeah. Like eighty plus million follow eight eighty plus million followers on Instagram and all that. Like now people are Googling who Hawkman is, even just from this banter, right? Yeah. <laughs> like who is Hawkman? Right? Oh, cool. oh so it's it it really spurs the discussion, right? Even if again it's all in fun. They got people talking about DC characters, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Black Adam in two or three tweets, right? Characters that don't usually get that sort of FaceTime with the general fan base, right? Really yeah, cool no stuff. Man. I love it. I love it. So moving on here, guys, we're going to keep talking movies here, but we're going to bring up and we're going to continue a discussion that you guys had last week, a great discussion you guys had last week with regards to the theater experience and its evolving nature and the changing landscape with regards to that AMC Universal windowing deal that was struck. And you guys all came out pretty opposed to what they were doing there, closing this window. And effectively, you know, Sanjay used the term nail, last nail in the coffin potentially for the theater-going experience. And I have to agree with you guys. I love the theater-going experience. You've heard me talk about the Endgame experience almost at nauseum here because of how special it was. And now it seems there's been another major blow delivered to movie theater and that industry, you know, even beyond this AMC universal deal, which is game changing in my opinion itself. But now Mm -hmm. Disney has gone and announced that the first big tentpole film of 2020 will be going to VOD, a premium VOD on Disney plus you'll be paying 30 extra dollars on top of your rental fee, your monthly rental fee with Disney Plus on September 4th to gain access to Mulan. And I say this being the first big tentpole because most of the films that have gone to VOD have been films like Trolls Worldwide. All did very well, all expected to do relatively well, but nothing of this scale and magnitude. Mulan could be a precedent-setting film, especially for Disney, with regards to the success that it could have on VOD. We debated, and we have debated in the past, about films like this not getting to VOD, but waiting out a theatrical release. And I don't know if it was this AMC thing, 
or if it's a sign of the times or if it's Disney dipping their toe into this new consumer market with regards to VOD premium VOD and exclusive VOD is another big thing here with Disney because they're not releasing it on iTunes. It's not going to Amazon. It's not going anywhere else. It's going to Disney plus not only to drive subscribers, but also in the form of a premium VOD 30 bucks to watch this film in your basement, in your home theater, on your phone, wherever you want to consume it. Now, Bob Chesapeake. Oh, that hurts my heart. Oh, it has to. Now, Bob that, Chesapeake that did say. That hurts my heart. When you say, like, consume it on your phone, and I'm like, this massive, epic film, and people are just going to be watching it on their on their little phones. Hey, where do you watch your trailers, though? Your film trailers. <laughs> on my laptop. On your phone. <laughs> on my laptop or monitor. <laughs> yeah, you want your, your 10-inch monitor? Like, it's or 20 inch, whatever you want to call it. But it is, it is, it is, is game changing. And they had a, the earnings call, the third quarter earnings call today. And Bob Chesapeake, the CEO of Disney said, this isn't reflective of a new business model for the company. They're calling it a one-off where to me, that might just be quelling some of the rumblings that you are hearing and trying to tamper the expectations for this. But if this does big money, guys, if this makes money hand over fist 100 percent of the profits go to the studio that produced the film they're not splitting with theaters they're not splitting it with itunes or whatever this is all going straight into disney's pockets and they need the cash right now does this change the game for them going forward does this do you have to look at black widow do you have to look at eternals do you have to look at other tentpole films that they have set up for the rest of the year both in the disney and in the fox world like new mutants these type of things does this start the dominoes falling on the end of tentpole films you know tenant has been scheduled to release kind of periodically throughout the world where covid is under control and theaters that are open less so much in the states but carlos man what does this do what does mulan falling to vod out of the theatrical window and onto a proprietary platform where it's going to be all disney all profits to them. Like, is this a game changer or is this something that like Bob Chesapeake says, it's just a one-off. Well, if like Sanjay said that that universal AMC deal was the nail in the coffin, this is the first shovel full of dirt yeah. going on top of that thing. <laughs> because the thing you have to like, I don't particularly love the live action Disney movies, but the thing you have to remember is that they perform like they're oh, yeah, almost yeah. all billion dollar films save a couple like Pete's Dragon and Dumbo, but like all the ones that were based on kind of those 90s era Disney films all kind of hit that billion dollar mark. And they like arguably outperform the non-Avengers Marvel movies. Yep. So those are huge mm-hmm. movies. And Mulan is something that has a, a pretty decent sized fan following domestically, but has the huge Chinese audience too that'll be interested in it, right? So, yeah, I think that if this thing makes a massive amount of money and if the profits for Disney being the 100% recipient of receipts from this VOD release are comparable to what they'd see um, out of a theatrical relationship or partnership with distributors, you will definitely see black widow come out before the end of the year Mm -hmm. on the same premium vod model um and the other thing too is even if it doesn't make that as much money as they saw via a normal distribution but if they see a surge in disney plus subscribers i guarantee you 
Black Widow will come out because long term they'll make way more money off that, right? Yeah. Because they'll not only get that premium rental, but they'll also get the seventy, eighty, hundred and ten dollars, whatever they're charging in the region for the year long Disney Plus subscription. So yeah, I I think this is kind of the beginning of the end. Like them and Warner Brothers were kind of the last hope for the distributors, if you ask me. But um yeah, I, I don't know how much how much clout Warner Brothers and Christopher Nolan have with keeping the theaters alive. So <laughs> and that's a, that's a difficult part. You say Warner Brothers and Disney are the last ones left with regards to propping up the theater industry, but they also have both launched major directors consumers subscription services in the last year. Yeah, with HBO mm-hmm. Max and Disney Plus, and so they now have a forum for it to test it, and. I agree with you. The, these, this, like I said, it's a tentpole for a reason because it's these live action things. You know, Mulan up there with Black Widow, One Woman eighty four, Tenant, and Dune. Like those are some of your biggest movies of this year, or at least the ones that were projected to do well based off of previous iterations of these live action films. And so this is a huge movie to take down. Now, strategy wise, you might be looking at twenty one and saying, "Well, now we have we have three MCU movies. We've got." all these backlogged of other movies, everything from Jungle Cruise to all this kind of stuff, right? And where does Mulan actually find a space in there? Like, does 2021 get too bunged up with film release windows and you end up with Mulan on top of Eternals on top of Jungle Cruise? They're trying to shove two years worth of films into one year. And and how much is the film industry going to even recover? Like, is it going to take two, three years for people to become comfortable going back in the same sort of mass that they used to? Like, it's going to have to be a pretty special film to get me to the theater. I'm, like, I'm even contemplating whether or not I'd go to the theater for Black Widow. That's how hesitant I am on all this. And so, Sonny, man, what are your thoughts on this? You you were very, very vocal last week. Do you find that same opposition here with regards to Mulan falling onto Disney Plus' premium VOD and what it could spell out for the future of film? He's yeah. got his arms crossed, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he's not. It is hot <laughs> you sit here, YYC. You, you listen to my rants, my drunken rants. Um, <laughs> I kind of picture Christopher Nolan and like WB holding the gates of the Bastille, and like they're like the VOD is like clamoring to get in, and Christopher Nolan has his back turned, and he's just like, "Don't get in," you know. Um, yeah, like it, it is what it is. Like at this point in time, it doesn't really matter <laughs> what I think um it's gonna happen right like it's kind of like inevitable right like thanos says like run from it i don't even know what else he says but (laughs) hide from it but it's inevitable right and uh that's just the way it is now will they like continue this on like i'm hoping this is just like a temporary thing but i don't see it like if this film comes out and makes like a billion dollars there's no way this is going to be temporary however this thing comes out and makes like three million dollars it won't but like argument's sake then maybe they'll be like okay let's rethink this you know um it, it all depends on how well this performs and judging by trolls world tour that did pretty well so and you're right like this is this is the first like big budget you know like we had movies like scoob um we had movies like trolls trolls world tour where you know they come out in theaters you expect them to do middling right like oh the, if they make a hundred million you're like surprised right like if those movies made a hundred million WB and and uh, Universal would be jumping for joy. But you're right. Mulan comes out. That film I was expecting to make like a billion dollars. So th- this really has to perform well. And then I could totally see Disney doing this in the future. Um, but they could also do like a par- parallel release. 
where they're like, okay, we'll we'll release it, but also if you want to go to the theaters and check it out, that's fine too. So it appears they are doing it isn't exclusively to Disney Plus. So I think in the states and places that have Disney Plus currently, it is going on in the premium VOD. You will see releases in areas that don't have Disney Plus in theaters. So I don't believe China has Disney Plus yet. So you might see a release before the end of the year in China for Mulan. But I think for the domestic consumption, it's going to be primarily Disney Plus. Interesting. So so, so does this count for the box office pool? Like next year we're going to have to do like a VOD pool. Yeah, well, it's funny because I updated the listener one and there's like a couple people that had Bad Boys and a few other films that came out that are doing really well. I think Grabs is actually in first, <laughs> but uh, I'll throw that up at some point when I have a time. <laughs> but it's something to consider, right? What like the box office is going to be forever changed by this. Like it's something that we hung oh, so closely to in the past, but now it's like, uh, like, I don't even know how we calculate stuff like this anymore. And I'm sure there'll be statistics, but at the end of the day, Disney's not going to release this. Like they're going to say it did really well on their fourth quarter's earning call, and we got this many subscriptions out of it. But the box office is going to be probably kept pretty tight unless it's like a runaway success and Disney wants to prop up stock and kind of move eyes away from the fact that they saw an eighty-five percent decline in their parks revenue <laughs> over the past quarter, which was to be expected. <laughs> but nonetheless, this right. is—I have to agree with you guys. This is this is game-changing and. From you guys' discussion last week, just to take a quick stab at it, I'm not adamantly opposed to this. I think what we could go to is event style of film watching in theaters where your things like the Scooby-Doo's and Trolls and the that a couple of the Pixar, smaller Pixar ones and that, they could find them directly onto your VOD or whatever and your Black Widows, your 101-84s, these type of films end up as, as tent poles in the theaters that are surrounded by everything from past films into relatively small new films. So I think bottom line is that the industry is forever changed by the events of, of the pandemic as well as them using this as a way to test different options for VOD. To me, this is the end game for all those studios is to cut out the middleman and skirt Mm -hmm. that law that you guys talked about last week to the idea you can't own a movie theater chain and distribute only your movies, right? You can't monopolize things that way. This is a way to do a monopoly (laughs) that is directly consumable by anyone with internet access. So it, it becomes a brand new model and a model that you know, you have to evolve. You guys made the comparison to things like Blockbuster and arcades last week. It, this holds true, man. This is just the next step in the evolution. Like we're seeing the industry evolve day by day, which is pretty wild, you know, given given current circumstances and that, and that it's happening this fast. I don't know, guys. It's, it's interesting, and it's something that we're going to continue to watch and monitor here because it has big implications for what we do here. And whether or not I'm going to be watching Black Widow in my basement or not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be coming over and stay six feet apart if you get Black Widow. I'm not going to chip in any money, mind you, but I'll, but I'll be coming over. Well, we've been slowly constructing our own movie theater in the basement here. We just acquired a nice. 80-inch TV, so um, nice. that's, that's going to make a difference. Make a difference in so the that, So you're the perfect house to go to then. You're going to have to, to sit at my Black window in my back. You're not allowed in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tim. It'll be like a drive-in. Let me in. Yeah, I'll park my car and I'll just like walk from or watch from the backyard. Yeah. (laughs) So 
let's move on to one of our final topics this week, kind of continuing on from this this theatrical experience discussion that we've had over the past two weeks. We're talking about the MCU. It's a topic that we used to cover weekly, and we found a very hard time finding any sort of usable news in the last two, three months. All is quiet on the MCU front, guys. And just for some idea of how quiet it's been, Far From Home came out July 2nd of 2019, and it was the last film of Phase 3 from the MCU. And we will not see another MCU film until maybe November 6th, 2020, so a year and a half later. And the longest gap between MCU entries was between 2008's Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 in 2010. So this is pressing up against the longest gap between MCU films. We've had almost no trailers. The Disney Plus stuff is all but on hold at this point. And I'm not convinced that we're going to get Black Widow in theaters this year. We may see it on Disney Plus like we just mentioned. (laughs) But it could be a while before we get real hard, tangible MCU products in front of our eyes again. Now, Carl Spen, are you missing the MCU? I know that the DC Extended Universe, DC Comics and all has taken a real precedence here because they're doing some awesome things. But is there a little void in your heart? Are you missing having that anticipation, that constant promotion, that constant, here's what's coming next from the MCU? Given it's been so quiet, we've gone through a whole cycle of conventions. Now, different forms of conventions without any real announcements from the MCU. We don't have Feige up there on stage saying, here's what's coming, here's Fave 5, here's Black Panther images, here's art, here's this, here's that. Like, are you missing that piece of fandom right now? Well, I'm scared to talk about it because I don't want to get hacked by Warner Brothers like it's <laughs> happening to you. But uh, no, absolutely. I'm I'm totally missing that other piece. And it, it feels weird for me because it's like the, the, well, like it says in my profile, right? Like, my soul is feeding me good, but <laughs> my heart is giving up on me because, yeah, there's been nothing. And it's like the two projects that are right at the forefront of the hopper are not two that I was ever kind of mm-hmm. like I, my hype level was pretty low for Black Widow and the Eternals um, just because I don't have a connection to those properties or the characters or in the case of Black Widow, like it's kind of played out for me like the story is played out through the avengers movies so um yeah and without anything really substantive coming as far as teases or trailers for for captain america or falcon and winter soldier um and like spider-man 3 would be like the two big huge ones for me and then thor love and thunder would be another one i'm really looking forward to and then like yeah stuff like blade doctor strange 2 black panther 2 we've had nothing like just kind of title cards and that's it. Right. So it, it almost, there's almost a sense like the MCU was done Yeah, with cap yeah. handing off the shield, to Falcon and then real world circumstances have kind of cemented that. Like I remember at the comic store, like there's guys talking about like people that kind of aren't in the trenches, but you know, new fans or whatever coming in. And as we're talking about movies and stuff, firing up, there was almost an impression that like the MCU was done, like that they had kind of set out and accomplished their grand vision. And this was something that was signed, sealed and delivered like the Godfather trilogy or something of that nature. So 
yeah it it feels weird and then like to have that feeling of finality that endgame gave you then compounded by the fact that they can't give you anything else right and Mm -hmm. uh, far from home was just such an epilogue for endgame that it's this space between films is huge and I almost wonder if now that tight continuity isn't what's kind of strangling them because they can't put out like if the Disney Plus projects are ready to go. But if there's stuff that has to happen in a movie like the Eternals that will inform those Disney Plus projects, are you kind of stuck? Like I'm a little surprised that a few of those things like the what if show hasn't come out Mm -hmm. or that they didn't just kind of kick Falcon and Winter Soldier through the Endgame kind of thing, and use some of that Mandalorian tech at their sound stages just to get it done right, instead of waiting for because I think they're trying to go back to Czechoslovakia or something like that yeah. for pickups. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird time that the gold standard brand in cinema is in this hiatus. So it's it's very odd, and like you even look at things like Star Wars in the same space, Avatar, which is been trying to come out for what feels like a decade but it's like the new mutants yeah Avatar. right <laughs> just, as soon as those two films get released the whole world ends it's so. done yeah. <laughs> but it was it, but it was 10 years for the most part of constant communication like that's one thing that the mcu did it never let you forget about the next film the next story plot the next thread the next new character that was coming they never let you forget about it and you're very much right at pointing out that it, there is this weird finality to it all and the timing of it all that like imagine this was this happened in between Infinity War and Endgame. Oh and, I know. <laughs> like and we had to wait for this conclusion like six months, eight months, a year, two years beyond what it was supposed to be. Like it's just so weird that this all happened when they had already planned a relatively wide hiatus between films compared to what they had done before. A July to what would have been an end of April, early May release for originally for Black Widow. And now that the Black Widow film, and I agree with you, it's one of those films that I think is going to be a nice sort of supplement piece to that phase one, two, and three of the MCU, but not a not a kind of kickstart to phase four right? It's part of, and again, could be considered phase three and really not the the start of phase four in in any way other than its placement in the release schedule. But you're right too, to point out the idea of the Disney plus shows, because we know WandaVision is going to tie quite heavily into Dr. Strange, and the multiverse of madness, which has been kicked into 2022 because of all this. And so does that whole release and how they work things and kind of each piece of this is part of a bigger kind of story, bigger you know, machine that's working towards an end game, if I can use that term. I, I think that you look at this and the way that things are shifting, we're going to see everything just pushed out. It's not like we're going to get, you know, WandaVision early because it's done. It's going to have to sit there until it gets the plot threads ready for the Multiverse of Madness and what they're building into there. They don't want a two-year hiatus between, you know, plot threads here. They want to kind of build as they had planned. And even the kickoff of all this, like, and I think that, with phase four, what we're seeing here is a releasing of those continuity shackles a little bit because black widow, Eternals, Shang Chi, even the Spider-Man film being that it's the second to last Spider-Man film is going to have some finality to it. And potentially it's not going to build a lot of continuity within Spider-Man because there's an inevitable exit. I think of that character potentially. So the first three to four films here 
are the continuity builders. They are the Guardians of the Galaxy style of solo films starting a new franchise. Eventually, we're going to build into something bigger five, eight years down the road. So it's interesting how all this is working. Is It's almost like, like I'm, I'm going to say reboot in air quotes, your rebirth, if I can steal that term from DC, because it is going to feel like something new when we, like other than Black Widow, something new when we get back at it here watching these oh. films is the MCU is going to feel completely different. Like that whole infinity saga is going to be on the shelf. And this is going to be something new like this hiatus. Although I don't love it. I think it's going to be interesting going back in with a fresh set of eyes, new air, and just a new beginning for all of this. Uh, essentially like what's, what's your, like, are you feeling that, that piece, that missing piece to not only, you know, the film industry to the MCU, to the film going experience to us discussing it, but also like the whole idea that 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 end of this, the Infinity Saga ending where it did, and this big long hiatus is does that feel kind of like a a nice way to to give us some room, you know, give us some breathing room and let us you know fall back in love with the MCU when it comes back? Uh, well, first off, like you mentioned, like imagine if this break or hiatus had taken place in between Infinity yes. War and Endgame, and you know, think about the theater experiences we could have lost because Disney may have just said. Let's release this on VOD. Oh, I don't like that's a di- right? whole different discussion. Endgame VOD, man, they would have right? held on to that they... to the end of time to go into theaters. <laughs> like biggest well, movie of all time. You never know, man. Oh. You never know. I mean, it could have been, but maybe they were like, "Look, we need money," and they could have released it on VOD. And think about think about seeing that film as great as TVs, of home TVs, and they've really like expanded, been great. But they're not IMAX, right? And they're not with like 200 people screaming their heads off oh, and no. hooting and hollering. So that's just something to keep in mind to uh, to the VODs lovers out there. Not not that I'm like bashing it or anything. Like it has its place, but it needs to like get in line behind theaters. Um, theaters, but, uh, Blu-rays. Yeah, DVDs, exactly. Well, the VHS yeah, exactly. from Carlos's parents. <laughs> <laughs> that still says like Carlos's name on it. <laughs> Hey, we have to know. get that stuff back when we loaned it out, man. Yeah, that late fee is going to be huge. Um, yeah, man, this kind of feels like like a fresh start for the MCU, and it's kind of like all the momentum that they've had. Not that I'm going to ever count them out, but it feels like like a championship team. Like, okay, like you remember, like we all watched the Last Dance with Michael yeah. Jordan, and like they all won the championship in like I don't know when '97, the and then like they're like '98 was like a fresh year, right? This is like our last dance. It's, this is what it feels like. It's like, okay, like MCU, the Infinity Saga was like the 97 Bulls and they won it. Can they do it again? Can they produce something that was as groundbreaking and as original and as beloved as the original MCU? And I, I you know, I'm never going to count them out because I have no reason to count them out. But saying that, it's just like Black Widow has me super hyped. Not going to lie, that one looks pretty sweet. But Eternals is just like, it's characters that I've never seen before, and it, it, I know next to nothing about it. So, like, I think that's going to be, like, the linchpin. I think Black Widow will be fine, whether it's released on VOD and or hopefully theaters. But I think Eternals will could be, like, a, not, like, a swinging point, because I don't think, like, it'll, like, kill the MCU forever. But I could see, like, Eternals, it could, like, go one of two ways, right? Like, I'm really, like, have no idea how that film's going to perform no idea like we have this long break um it's like this fresh concept that like never known before maybe absence makes a heart grow fonder 
you know, maybe, or maybe people will move on to the next thing. But luckily for the MCU, there's not really a next thing to move on to because no one is like producing content, right? Like, it's not just like, oh, okay, Marvel can't produce content. Everyone else is like, this is movie, this movie, this movie, this movie. Everything's, everyone's in the same boat. So, you know, I think I'm super excited for it. And like, I'm super excited for Black Widow and like, I, I'm sure I'll get to like the excitement for Eternals, but I just got to see something first. Yeah. Um, but no, man, the MCU is just like, it's just like this like looming over my shoulder, like all the movies, steelbooks behind me. And it's just like, when, when's the next one going to come out? Right. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's like interesting times. Like the MCU's never had this like uncertainty before. Right. Like ever since Avengers, it's just been crushing film after film after film. And, and then they had all this momentum and then all of a sudden they're just like, stop so which way which way is it gonna go for me black widow super excited but after that uh, like if i can see all these in theaters i will but uh it's certainly gonna be interesting because you don't get back to a character you're familiar with until really the end of 2021 into 2022 with Mm -hmm. spider-man and thor and doctor strange and all that but you do have the dc or the dc the disney plus stuff right we have falcon winter soldier wandervision loki oh yeah can Hawkeye. I username and password for that just yeah, uh, sure. unrelated <laughs> <laughs> so these are all slated to come out at the end of this year probably into early next year when you start shifting all this stuff out but there's where your familiarity is right it's on disney plus and they're building continuity through there but the films like it's i, I kind of like this idea of almost this this rebirth like i said and there'll be some big momentum building trailers and you remember the infinity saga well here's what we got next and you know don't count the eternals out right now plus one saga yeah right (laughs) don't count the eternals out now because i think a lot of people had that same sentiment heading into guardians and now rocket raccoon and groot are on literally everything and everyone who's there right and the eternals is is another step beyond that like i've read the neil gaiman stuff it's it's difficult. There's a lot of characters in there that are harder to relate to, and I'm saying harder to relate to than a tree and a raccoon and a couple green people. <laughs> but I think there's going to be some interesting stuff to come out of the MCU, and I think they need to take advantage of this hiatus, right, and build that momentum. Like, they've got some time now with Eternals until February of 21 to tweak it to make sure that it lands. Like, that thing, and I agree with you guys, it has to land. The first feasible film in the phase four continuity can't be a flop it can't it, it's almost you'd almost want to switch a couple of these around and put eternals out a little later but mm-hmm. there's clearly some reason it's there right it's building something maybe seeding our phase four or five and six villain who knows but interesting nonetheless you know we don't get black panther or captain marvel until the mid and end of 2022 like that's that's a ways out for two billion dollar franchises to see them, right? Yeah. Like, like you, they're not throwing Black Panther two and Captain Marvel two into twenty one or twenty early part of twenty two. Like that, those are some that's some distance between two of those big films, right? Um, At this point, it might be even be twenty three. Yeah, yeah, right. Like if likely. everything gets pushed out, and there's even talks that Bozeman might not come back. So, oh really? Yeah, there's some money issue. Might see. Uh, sure we take on the the helmet like we saw in the comic books <laughs> but nonetheless it's, it's interesting because like i find myself missing the mcu discussion missing the trailers and the anticipation and like i'm so surprised they haven't dumped an eternals trailer out there but again 
why start building momentum for something that could be over a year away? Like totally. it's, it's not slated that way, but it could end up that way. And so, you know, and then like, look, we've got Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, this What If series, all announced to be on Disney+. Plus. And again, Bob Chesapeake said today on their their third quarter earnings call that they're coming out soon and they look fabulous. Soon is <laughs> such a odd term for a CEO to use, especially when he's trying to build momentum. Like they're coming when they come. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, then they just like signed the deal with um, Haley Seinfeld to be Kate Bishop Hawkeye. I think so. And like they released an image that was already released. I think the, yeah. the artist did the other day. And so, the, yeah, there's little tidbits and stuff like that. But like that Hawkeye series isn't coming out till 22, 23, maybe. Totally. Like so they can only come out so soon if uh, there's no casting or scripts yeah. or directors or <laughs> exactly. yeah. any of that. So, so, I mean, stuff like that they could be doing right now, right? Like, casting, just be like, okay, send me a Zoom video of you, this one scene, right? Like, they should, they should, and I bet you they are, like, working on that stuff. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that there's lots going on in the background that we'll never know about in the MCU, right? But to be honest with you, like, when you look at will WandaVision or Falcon the Winter Soldier come out in 2020? I think WandaVision has potential, but it's whether or not they can release it in 2020. They can really sit in front of Falcon Winter Soldier or so far out from the Multiverse of Madness. This is where the continuity times them up, right? Where they can't have these standalone siloed off sort of stories being told because they're dependent on other things or other things are dependent on them. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a delicate balance what they're doing with the MCU here. And it, it could be, like you said, Carl, literally years before we see some of this stuff. It could be four years out. It could be even longer before we see a Blade film. Like, Mashar Ali might be a much older man <laughs> once they start filming Blade. Like, it could have a release date into 24 or 25. It's very, very interesting to see where the MCU's at. And the fact that, you know, 2021's a big year. There's three films. 2022, there's four films announced. It's a whole slew of Disney+. Plus. So, it's coming, guys. It's there. I, I feel the hole in my heart for the MCU because it's a major passion of mine. But... I will say, like Star Wars, I think it's healthy to have a little bit of a break here. I think it's it's going to do... I think fandom never really had an issue with so many MCU films that I could ever tell. But this will help separate that, I, that Infinity War saga story from what's coming next. And I think they just need to adapt to that narrative and go forward with it. And we're going to see some great stuff out of things like Shang-Chi, Eternals, I think. Thor, Love, and Thunder, of course, looks... Like it's gonna be awesome. I don't care what you say. You put Taika Waititi behind the camera with all those that cast of characters and that story. Oof, it's gonna look good, guys. Mm-hmm. It's gonna look good. But mm-hmm. so we're we're continuing our MCU talk here. We got one more small thing to do here. We're gonna we're gonna cap this episode off with a listener question. This comes from our good friend Rick. He's got a show. He's got a show. He's got a question for us that fits nicely into this MCU discussion. Well, he does have a show though. So we got to yeah. give him a plug. Yeah, of course. Tumbling Saber. <laughs> and, you know, he's all over the place. He's the busiest man in podcasting, both listening and podcasting. He shows up everywhere. Rick is, honestly, guys, check out Rick. He is an awesome dude. Great commentator around Star Wars and fandom itself. Huge supporter of this show. We're huge supporters of him. And big, big shout out to, to Rick. Because I, I don't know how the guy finds enough time to listen to all the podcasts, comments and everything, be on three or four different podcasts. Like, the man's <laughs> unbelievable. 
Well, and he has his own show coming out on Disney Plus. It's been out of Rogue One. So. Yeah, he does. He's coming. Yes. He's yeah. in it. The busy guy. <laughs> busy <Yeah>. busy guy. <laughs> Family man too. This he's all over the place. Big shout out to Rick, God. but he's got a, he's got a question for us here. The, this came to us quite a while ago, but it just didn't fit in, or uh, why I wasn't here, or Carlos was well, Carlos was always here, but Sanjay wasn't here, and Troy wasn't here. Anyways, so here we go. Since Marvel now owns Aliens and Predator titles from Dark Horse and from the Fox acquisition. As crazy as it sounds, would you want to see them in the MCU at some point? If so, what individual MCU character would you want to see face off with a single xenomorph or predator? Predator. Also, what team-up of MCU characters would be best suited to take on a group of either? Cheers, Rick. So I love this question because I'm a big fan of crossovers. So we're talking Aliens and Predators. So they came over with the Fox acquisition, and then Marvel Comics went out and bought the rights, I believe, from Dark Horse. So it's all housed in one space, very much like Warner Brothers. And so they now have the ability to inject Aliens and Predators into the Marvel comic book universe continue to and clearly they might they must if they're going to spend money they must have some plans for something like that but what about the mcu guys carlos what are your thoughts you know you're you're an aliens predators you're a fan would you want to see them in the mcu even just an off reference in the collector's vaults or something like that i think that that to me is what's more likely but could we see blade could we see the x-men fantastic four come face to face with these characters someday on screen yeah, like I, I think that you're on the money where we might get just some kind of Easter egg to allude to them being in some of those cosmic mm-hmm. universes where, yeah, you have the Predator's gear in one of the Collector's vaults or an alien skeleton in a, on a planet that the Eternals are uh, running around on or something like that. But yeah, I think they present a cool opportunity I don't know if they'll use them in a crossover capacity in the MCU, but it's certainly fun to talk about. Um, yeah, when you rolled Rick's question past me, the one I thought of might not be immediately apparent, but I thought it'd be cool to have something that kind of plays on the old like Spider-Man uh, vermin storylines or the one where he goes into the underworld to face off against Morbius. And you have Spider-Man... You got to throw my boy in the black costume. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Going after an alien that's in the sewers of New York. Whew. And I think that that could make for an epic story. And Pete comes across that hive and maybe has to enlist Whew. the help of Dr. Connors or somebody else of that nature. And uh, yeah, I think you could draw in like his connections with like the New York Police Department or those relationships or lack of the relationships. And he has to deal with this bigger than bad threat that, you know, he, and Peter always kind of deals with uh, foes that are very cerebral. So it'd be cool to see him go against something that's just unrelenting and vicious. So that was the one. And then uh, the other one that I had was the ultimate hunter showdown because the predators are all, all about going after the biggest, baddest prey. So back in the day they came after Bruce Wayne because he was the man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but now that uh, those licenses are off, I think a sweet hunt would be Predator versus Logan oh, in yeah. the oh. Canadian wilderness, where the two of them are stalking each other and uh, see who uh, gets to take home the trophy at the end of it. So 
those are those are my two that I think would be amazing to see either cinematically or in a comic book. Yeah, I love it. What about you? What about you, Sanjay? Man, where where can you see the the xenomorphs or a predator fitting into the MCU space? And if you want to bring in the comic books, bring them in too. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely with you guys in the MCU, like I could totally see them popping up as you said, like in the collector's vault or something. I I can't see them being like like the basis of a of a major motion picture crossover with the MCU. But I you know, I just don't see them even making an appearance with Disney, to be honest with you. Like I, I just have a hard time seeing Disney producing like alien or predator movies on themselves. Um but but if I had to like choose like a crossover with the MCU, that's that's a great question. For me, I would want if I was doing like a film, I'd want it to be like a real like horror film. And I think like the one of those, either one would pair perfectly with Daredevil. Um, you know, you have Matt Murdock. He's in the streets of New York. And, uh, you know, you could play up the fact that like Daredevil is like more of like a street level character. So he has no power. So he's more vulnerable to like an alien or a predator as opposed to like an Incredible Hulk or like a Thor. Right. So I think like a like a Daredevil crossover would be really cool, and just see him like using like his senses to kind of hone in and using like the streets of like Hell's Kitchen to like take advantage of those. Uh, if I had to choose another one, I think Punisher would be cool. Punisher that would be more like an action flick, where it's just like very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the original Predator, where he just goes in guns a blazing and just like blows everything away. So. I think I think Punisher would be really cool, and again, it's it's like that uh, no power level regular guy. Well, I mean, some powers with Daredevil, but you know what I mean, like no like extraordinary. Well, he does have okay, no like <laughs> souped up powers. I'll say you know with super strength and stuff like that. So th- those would be my picks. Um, man, I you know I th- I don't know much about like the horror aspect of Marvel, right? Like. DC, yeah, you got, like, your Constantine, you got your Zatanna, you got your Just League Dark. Marvel is kind of, like, a gray area. Like, there's, like, I'm trying to think of, like, some of their horror, like, characters. And I'm drawing a blank. Like, maybe there's, Blades like, like a Morbius. A one, right? Blade. Yeah. Blade would be great. Blade's, like, an obvious answer. Um, and they had, like, the monsters proper, right? Like, they had their own version of Frankenstein. And they had yeah. a couple werewolf characters. And Dracula was... They just well, had a, a whole even, event. Like, monsters State. Unleashed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe giant sized man thing would be kind of cool. That'd be actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's you know I I love questions like this because it makes you speculate on the what if factor, right? And mm-hmm. what ifs are are fantastic in comic books because it's it's a great way to explore what could have happened given different circumstances or maybe not the bounds of continuity or the inability to kill off a character. And it's this this type of stuff that's it's fun to, to to discuss. And the first thing that pops into my head is is more so in the comic book space is something to do with Venom. And it takes me back to you know a oh, couple what it was oh, it yeah. was like uh, I want to say two three years ago when they did the Venom reset when he was with Guardians and they went to like the symbiote planet. That's mm-hmm. the first thing that jumped in my head is is something to do with like the symbiotes and the the xenomorphs and all this. That, that jumped into my head That's as being awesome. a nice thread that, that could make sense bringing something like that into the MCU. I don't think that's going to happen with regards to Venom and all that. But that whole idea of the, the cosmic space, and you could theoretically use the Xenomorphs as a cannon fodder army, something like we saw in Endgame, or even in the Internals, right? Like something to that 
that aspect where I don't think they'll ever be a prominent figure in the MCU, but they very much could be used in one of these like historic tellings of, you know, we brought the xenomorphs and they were killed by this and da 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 da. Right. And so I think it'd be kind of cool to see something like venom going up against a xenomorph and maybe a xenomorph being consumed by the symbiote and you're getting like some super xenomorph, which would be awesome to see on screen. And then I That'd like your amazing. idea, and that's the first space I went with the MCU was was Peter Parker, because I get from the Predator aspect, I get the Craven the Hunter type thing, right? Mm. And that, that really draw a parallel there. And then for some reason, when I look at a team of MCU characters, I keep thinking of X-Men going up against either or of uh, a Xenomorph or a Predator here. And for some reason, that, that, that team aspect really really picks up in my head as, as that being something that's tangible that they could be facing like from an alien perspective i kind of like that aspect even the fantastic four another good one you know given the cosmic end of of their story and where it could take them these could be negative zone creatures which would be really cool too um in in kind of that fantastic four environment and and landscape that they 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 build out there so I, i think the potential is there for the film but i really think they're going to do something in the comic book world with regards to to the xenomorphs and that you're going to find them pop up somewhere in the marvel universe in the not too distant future like they spent the money on it they have to right at this point oh 100 they'll be mm-hmm. the base of so a big event another cool one too you know what now that we're talking about it you could use them to prop up a lesser like marvel property and give them some prominence in the film space like if you had the Nova core going to a planet to save it from oh. a xenomorph infestation mm. and you use that as a launch pad to build Nova yeah. as a potential solo character. You get a huge buy-in because it's just like, what? Like I don't, there's like these Marvel characters that I might not know, but they're going up against the aliens and it's going to be this massive brawl for all. Like, and on both sides of the ledger, you have tons of cannon fodder. So you could have the xenomorphs mm-hmm. do the xenomorph thing and, take out however many Nova Corps guys you want and have the Nova Corps guys you want to promote to like hero status, take out any number of aliens and off you go. So I, I love that with the Nova Corps and building that into as like the Xenomorph planet and all this stuff going on. Right. Like, cause I know I'm not super familiar with the continuity of predators and aliens and what they've done to it in the film. I know that they kind of wound it together and said that the predators used to hunt the Xenomorphs, if I'm not mistaken. That was Alien vs. Predator, and that's how they spun that whole universe together. But nonetheless, it's such a cool idea of taking something that's so well-established from, you know, the 80s, and it's had these follow-on sequels right up until present day. And then now with the potential to cross it over into the comic books or even the movies, it, it, it makes things really twist in your head to be like this, this, I think it's, it's, it's doable for sure in both the film and comic book worlds. I, I really, really like the idea of it. Like, how cool would that be to see even just a toss away, like you said, like a skeleton in the sand? Like, yeah. it's and a guy like James Gunn or something like that is, is bound to do that, right? Little Easter He loves oh, yeah. his Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. Just, just make sure that the Predator appearance is better than the last Predators movie. 
because that thing was not great. <laughs> oh, that's the worst movie I spent the money to see in the theater in the last 10 years, probably. I can... Oh, man. Like, I got the Steelbook, and I was so excited because the Steelbook's badass. It's like all these skulls in the shape of a predator. So I'm like, this movie's going to be awesome. And I watched it, and I was like, this movie was anything but awesome. <laughs> a cautionary tale from Sanjay. Don't judge a movie by its Steelbook art. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait for it on VOD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did that's an endorsement. Egypt and I, I regret that. Um, but yeah, like, who would you get to direct this? Who would you get to direct, like, an MCU director? Taking out James Gunn because he's kind of like the obvious choice. I guess Scott Derrickson would be like the obvious choice, too, I guess. Yeah. Well, he's not coming back to Sam Raimi. <laughs> I mean, they're dipping their toes in There's the water. There's another like, one you could use movie. Doctor Strange. You could pull yeah. the, the xenomorphs. I find myself leaning more towards the xenomorphs being included, as opposed to the predator. Because well, which franchise do you guys like better, Alien or Predator? Uh... Well, I think when it's done well, Predator has more potential, but it's almost never done well. So, well, Predator <laughs> whoa, has more potential whoa. as like a standalone okay. film, yeah. right? Where I find. Great the xenomorphs are more that cannon fodder type of thing, right? Like they can be kind of thrown into anything where the predator, I think would have to be like a villain in the MCU. It'd have to be something that a hero is going up against. Like, I don't think you could use like a, like a a grouping of predators, right. As cannon fodder. Like if, unless you're going to really ratchet down their power sets and that. Yeah. Yeah. One, like, it would also solve the problem of, like, that they always run into with the Predator movies is they always try and make one of them, like, a sympathetic hero character. (laughs) So if you just have them as just being bad guys, then, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Go to town. Yeah. Yeah. So Awesome question, Rick. We really appreciate that. Sorry it took us so long to get to, but it's it's fun to to muse over what could be in a nice what-if scenario with regards to something like a major crossover of, of franchises that we absolutely love. So... Thanks, Rick. And, yo, guys, go check out what Rick's doing. We'll link it below for sure. And that about wraps it up for this week, guys. It was a lot of fun finally talking about some MCU stuff because we have not got to that for some time and just discussing what's next for for the film industry. I, and it's this crazy, tumultuous time. But, guys, we're going to be back here talking everything Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond every single Thursday. And, guys, don't forget, this Friday, get vocal. It's some toy talk. We're talking about 80s and 90s revitalization of those toy lines that we all know and love. Everything from NECA to Transformers, like Carl mentioned, Carlos mentioned. We're going to be talking a bit of that, that Transformers Netflix show. I'm probably going to be checking that out tonight now with that great recommendation there. Looking forward to that. And if you'd like to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything that we do over at nerdroom.net as well as www.nerdroom.net thenerdroompodcast.com. That is also a thing that you can type in and get to our webpage as well (laughs) because of some circumstances that happened a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) But you can also find us on Twitter. That's where we do most of our communication. All of our handles are at the end of the episode, including Carlos's now part of the credits, part of the crew, full time. And Instagram at thenerdrm. You can find us. We've been a bit, bit slow there, but... Now that we're getting back to normal times, I'm going to say normal maybe with that, with some air quotes here, there's going to be some more content going up. I've got some unboxings to do, NECA, Black Widow, and a few other things on tap. So hopefully get some content up there and get that rolling again. Force Fest, guys, it's coming up end of the month. 
Really looking forward to that panel there. Look for details on that. DC fandom, we're going to be doing some live and some podcast coverage of that. That is a big, big, big happening that's going down in the DC world. And Carlos is going to be leading that charge because he is on lockdown with the family to consume all of that. Booked off. Lied to my dad. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> being on a conference. <laughs> I'm being, Sorry, can't yeah, I'm going going to to the show. Major, major conference here, me. guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. I guess you are technically going to one. (laughs) But lots of fun and exciting content that is going to be within the Nerd Room in the coming weeks. So, guys, with all that being said, stay safe, mask up. And for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Beyond. (laughs) There it is. And thank you guys very much for tolerating Sanjay and for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Take your first steps into a larger world and head over to StarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Talk Star Wars, Sandcrawler Podcast, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, and the Skyhoppers Podcast. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.